Well, once again, welcome to the Go and Be podcast. Uh, today, I am with Stephanie Brimley, um, whom I, we've got to know each other uh, for a long time now since uh, I've come to Movement, since she's been a part of Movement. And uh, we just heard her story uh, just two weeks ago um, in the series, Anxious for Nothing. And uh, wow, what a powerful story you have, Stephanie, and uh, just how God has used you in the midst of that season that you had in in anxiety. And um, it's just super cool um, to see how God's power can work even in the midst of that. So uh, a little bit of backstory for me and Stephanie. We are on the worship team together. Uh, Actually, Stephanie was on staff at Movement with me um, in the past as well, a few years ago. And so we grew in our relationship big time. And I've always called her my older sister uh, because that's just our relationship. It's fun. And uh, it's always a good time. There's no dull moment. Um, And so I'm super excited about her being on the podcast today because uh, we get to hear a little bit more uh, about her story and a little bit of the, you know, the practical things that we can apply to our lives. You know, if we struggle with anxiety or if we know somebody that struggles with anxiety, you know, the question that I want to answer in this podcast today is um, how do we go and be the church in the midst of anxiety? And uh, and I'm really excited about this because I think right now in our world, um, we need we need to hear this um, more than ever. And uh, just 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 knowing what's what's going on, you know, you name it. There are there's just so much happening. And so. Yeah. All that being said, I'm excited. Um, I also want to talk about the going piece in go and be the church, because I feel like for those that struggle with anxiety, going is, is like the hardest part, right? So, um, Stephanie, we heard your story once again, uh, a little bit during the, the anxious for nothing series. Um, would you like to share, some of your story here on the podcast? Yeah. Um, Man, it's so hard to boil it down. Mm -hmm. But basically, (laughs) it's been a lot. Um, But basically, about a year ago, um, I started just noticing that I was getting more anxious about stuff that I shouldn't be worrying about, traveling, getting together with friends. Um, And then a couple months later, I started having these really physical attacks um, that I didn't even feel anxious at the time. So I didn't put two and two together at all, um, all sorts of stuff. I mean, your body can react to anxiety like you wouldn't believe. And it looks like heart issues and it looks like blood sugar issues. And anyway, so a bunch of tests were run and nothing came back as an issue physically. And so, uh, my doctor and I just sort of landed on this must be anxiety and panic attacks. Um, Mm. So anyway, uh, I had to take several steps, um, ended up having to go on medication, which was, it's such a humbling thing because I think a lot of us tell ourselves that anxiety means that we're not strong. 
Mm. Um, means we're broken and we're just not as tough as everybody else. So we can't deal with life, um, which is just not the case. Wow. But I ended up going on medication um, and then going to therapy, uh, which I'm still in, just kind of coming up with new strategies. And it's really common that um, once you get into your 30s, yay, something to look forward to. Um, <laughs> A lot of times your coping mechanisms stop working and you need to create healthy patterns to deal with it. So anyway, so now I'm doing that, but, and then uh, my dad passed away at the end of May unexpectedly. So it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> it's, it's Talk it's about an uncertain time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I can also see God's presence in all of it. I mean, I'm so grateful I started having panic attacks so that I had to start dealing with things in a more healthy way before I lost my dad. I mean, I can't imagine. Hmm. Um, so God was definitely present that whole way. And so that's what I can look back and see too, is that God had me close friends with some people that were like, Hey, I know you don't think this is anxiety, but it is right. Here's some physical symptoms I've had. So he just brought the perfect people at the right time connected in therapy and on medication before COVID happened before my dad passed away anyway. Um, but in the midst of all of that, I just, anxiety has brought me to my knees and it was a really good thing because I have definitely felt detached from my own personality and my passions and my interests for the last few years, um, detached from feeling like a, a big sense of joy. And I don't want to say that I couldn't feel happy. I felt happy and content, but this joy that comes from only from God, I wasn't really getting that the last few years. And I just kind of learned that when I hit rock bottom and fully surrendered, like God was 100% there and mm kind of took away all of this stuff that was in the way of experiencing peace and rest and joy. Um, so all this kind of breaking down has been beautiful for my relationship with God and for my own, like reconnecting with myself journey. So wow. that's a lot of words, but yeah, that's what's been happening. <laughs> that is so, so cool. And, you know, one of the coolest parts of your story that I remember was when you talked about you know, the moment that you were on your, your knees, just like kind of giving all that up to God, surrendering. Um, the coolest part about it was that you talked about, you know, when you were grieving your father, like that came out too, and you'd pushed that down so deep that the happiness and the joy went with it. And, you know, as a, as a male, you know, I just think about so often I pushed down you know, the, the bad feelings and the feelings that, you know, you know, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to uh, make mistakes. And then once, you know, when I push all that down, everything kind of rises to the surface and kind of rears its ugly head in, in times. And ang anxiety is one of those. Um, so I'd love to hear just so that was my favorite part of the story. So I would love for you to just talk about what did that night look like when you just laid it down? How did you do that? How did you come to that place? Yeah. So, um, I could just feel that I needed to grieve my dad. I could feel that there, and that was one of the big things I was grateful for therapy because I have pushed down grief before and pushed down 
deep sadness because I just, it, it felt like weakness and it felt mm. like, okay, I'll let myself feel it for a little bit, but I didn't really let it all just be expressed and let myself feel it. We're going to have a guest for a little bit here. <laughs> That's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, um, so I could tell. And so I went out to the backyard because I do notice that I can connect to God much better outside and in nature. And mm. I put on worship music. My intention was actually to go out there, kind of grieve my dad, but also just spend some time worshiping because I wanted to kind of redirect myself, which is a way that I've done things unhealthily in the past. Like, okay, I kind of am feeling sad. I'm just going to go ahead and put on worship music and think of God, which is important, but God is a part of grief too. Like mm. he still wants you to process those feelings. So anyway, yeah. went out there, I had worship music on and um, I also had a journal out there. I was going to just journal whatever came out. And so that worship music always breaks me down. It always uh, makes me feel my feelings. Yes, I feel <laughs> Which you Which I don't always want to do. <laughs> but yeah, I just started sobbing, just sobbing mm. because worship music softens me when I want to be hard and tough. I can't, I can't stay tough. And so I was softened. I was vulnerable. And I just sobbed mm. and I could just feel all of this stuff that I had tried to control all this stuff that I had been trying to I thought I was in charge of maintaining my emotions and deciding okay oh that's enough but anyway yeah I could just feel that I let go completely of control and I really could feel myself saying okay God like clearly I'm not in control of my life and that's okay. Like you're in control and you have this plan. I mean, I can, I can grip as tight as I want and I'm still going to lose my dad and things are still going to happen. And it was very interesting because I felt like this gate had opened mm. to these deep, deep feelings that I usually don't dwell on and fully process. And so grief and sadness came up, but it was also like shame and guilt and stuff that didn't even always have to do with my current grieving and mourning. It wasn't about losing my dad. It was all this stuff that I had not realized I'd been shoving down and all this negative emotion came out. Um, and I did, I just sobbed until I had nothing left. Wow. Um, and I could feel myself give up in a good way. Like I had been, I think wavering right above rock bottom for so long and I don't know why I didn't just, just, just fall, just give up, like yeah. fully trust. And I mean, I couldn't pretend that I had control anymore. So anyway, that wow. night I could feel myself just let it all go and let it all out. Um, do you want me to say what happened the next day? Do it. So didn't know if you were looking for that part too, but yeah, that was my giving up point. I fully surrendered and I thought I had before, but I chose to surrender, which I think is part of the problem. Like, mm, right. if you're choosing to surrender, it means you haven't fully surrendered. Like you just kind of <laughs> have to splay out, like I'm done. And yeah. then, you know, you really got it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I went home, I went to bed exhausted that night spent and because it's like a purging, like there yeah. was stuff that needed to come out that I didn't realize. And so the next morning though, I woke up and I was shocked to find that I, I was getting breakfast ready for the kids and I had music on and I was dancing in the kitchen with them and 
feeling just these little sparks of joy that I just haven't felt that deep God-given joy for wow. a while because everything was out of the way. I had no idea that I had shoved down all that goodness from God too, like that playfulness I missed in myself, that joy. And um, that mm. started to become uncovered because I surrendered and let it all out. I let God have everything. Um, mm. So that was just a really cool beginning of this journey as well, is yeah. all this good stuff that was waiting to be revealed as well. Wow, man. Yeah, that that definitely touched me hearing that in your story. And it really challenged me to to go in the presence of God and lay it all out. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and I'm not talking about the Western, but um, but yeah, just lay it all out there and allow God to work in all of it. And um, man, the power behind that, you know, there's joy behind that. And uh, it's pretty amazing to hear how God's worked in you and that, Stephanie. So, um, <clears throat> man, I really want to talk about some, some of these practical steps that we can take if, you know, we struggle with anxiety. And, you know, once again, it's amazing to see how God's moved in your life in the midst of anxiety. Um, can you share with us maybe some key steps you took to deal with anxiety in your life? Yeah, Um before I even discovered some steps to take, the, the very first thing was I had to accept that this is real and it's okay and I have to act like it's real. And so even reaching out for me personally, I had to reach out to a therapist mm. to help just clear my mind because a big piece of anxiety is spiraling. And you. It's, I always explain it as like a ball of yarn with like a million different pieces of yarn in there you can't you can't untangle that by yourself yeah um so that was a really big step for me is just you're not broken because you admit that you struggle with anxiety and i'll talk about it a little bit later if you ask the right questions um <laughs> but it doesn't mean something's wrong with you just because you have anxiety and, and it's okay to get help and have a therapist just help you pull things out um but once i figured that out you get to travel with me, the life of a toddler. But once I figured that out, then the big deal was to take care of my, myself and my health in all aspects of my health. And so yeah. starting with physical for me personally, and everybody's got different physical needs they need to think about, whether that's diet or whatever, but I had to address the physical. And for me, it was rest. Um, I had spent a lot of time getting up with kids, staying up late, doing this, um, and telling myself, like, you used to be able to function on no sleep. Why can't you do it now? And so I had to sleep. And even if it looked like a lot of sleep compared to other people, even if it looked like I was being needy with sleep, I had to sleep. Um, that was a huge piece of recovering for me physically. Um, so anyway, taking care of yourself physically and finding what it is that you need. And for me and for a lot of moms, <laughs> It's sleep. You have to find rest and recharge. Um, and then the next thing for me was mentally my health was important. And for me, um, I had to admit to myself that the, the knowledge that was going in um, was not balanced. I was flipping through my phone, social media, um, watching shows when the kids went to bed, or if I was doing chores, I'd have Netflix on. And that amount of 
stimulus going into my mind without the balance of God and his scripture and his word was giving me a very skewed view of the world. Um, And so for me personally, I definitely discovered that I had, um, I think a level of addiction to social media and my phone and TV and things like that. So um, for me, I cut it out uh, because that's a piece of surrendering as I had to say, God, I'm going to empty everything and you put back what you need to right now to make me healthy. And so I've been listening to podcasts that are good for me. I've been reading scripture more intentionally and just making sure that what's going into my mind is healthy Um, and not feeling silly about it because the world makes it look like you're crazy for doing it. But I know for my health, it's what I have to do. I have to have just good things coming into my mind. Um, And then to take care of my heart. And I consider heart more like feelings than like spiritual stuff. And so um, for me, keeping my emotions, um, I guess staying in touch with my emotions, even letting myself feel what I need to feel. Um, I've been listening to more worship music because for me, that is definitely how I tap into my emotions. Um, And you just Mm -hmm. go numb if you keep on pushing your emotions down. And so worship music for me has been a big step keeping that going more often because it lets God kind of work through my emotions as well. Yeah. Um, gives me a lot of gut checks. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that last one, you, so- you really gotta, you know, when you talked about that moment, when you stepped outside, when you were about to grieve and stuff, you had to come to a place where you're like, God, I can't do this anymore. And so that's like worship through and through, like you can come on a, you know, a Sunday morning at your church and, and you can watch people sing, but if you don't like let loose a little bit and say, God, like this is for you and I'm going to open my heart up to you, like the impact of worship, like it doesn't have much impact unless you give some. So, right. Yeah. And it's not always going to be on Sundays because a lot of people, I, I get it. You're very distracted on Sundays. And so you yeah. kind of got to give them room when you're more open absolutely and that and worshiping at your home you know for me i was listening to you know the songs that we're going to sing on sunday and make room which is a song that stephanie's actually going to sing um for the made for more series and this song talks about making room for god which is exactly what we're talking about right now in the midst of uh, you know social media netflix all this stuff you know that last piece you know she had to make room for God to move in her feelings and to move in her heart. Um, and we have to do that too. You know, we have to make room for God to move. So just to recap those steps, Steph, that you just walked through, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but number one is ask for help, whether that's a therapist or somebody that you trust, um, and, and say, Hey, I'm dealing with this anxiety and, you know, allow them to speak into your life. Number one, ask for help. Number two, um, care for your physical wellness. Um, you know, for me, that's, you know, I need to work out. If I don't work out and sweat it out, you know, then I'm kind of carrying a bunch of that gunk and that, you know, whether that's anger or frustration or anxiety or whatever that is, I'm not getting that out for Stephanie. That was, she needed to go outside. She needed to go out and, you know, feel the breeze, feel God's presence, you know, 
and and that's a huge part of dealing with rest. anxiety and rest yes rest is a huge 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 part of um your physical wellness and i personally you know i struggle with that one <laughs> i I just go and go and go and go, and then I forget to breathe. And uh, that's something that God's constantly challenging me in. And you just have to come to a place to say, man, this is what I struggle in, God, and I need your help. And invite people in your life. Go back to that first step and say, hey, guys, I struggle with this rest piece because I know my physical wellness is important. And have them hold you accountable to that. Number three, um, your mental wellness. Um, where you are, you know, filling your mind up with the gospel. You know, um, the Bible talks about the renewing of your mind and your thoughts is where, you know, it's kind of like this battleground, like for, for the spiritual, like where there's, you know, the world's in your mind, you know, where scripture and where God's calling you to is in your mind. And really, when we fill up our mind with uh, with what is good, what is pleasing to the Lord, what is, what is righteous, then everything else will overflow out of that. And, you know, I commend you, Stephanie, for taking those steps to really pull those things out that that don't matter and really focus on Jesus and just put him first in in your time, in your life. Even if it was just for a season or forever, like you were, you were like, God, you're first. And I want to, I want to set that and I need your help in doing that. And, and that's just super cool. So mental wellness. And then your last step was remind me what your last step was. Yeah. Cause I haven't even gotten to the last, last oh, one. Yeah. So okay. the, the next one was heart. Cause it's, it's letting yourself feel your emotions. Mm. So heart which for me is listening to worship and helping access my feelings and yes. allowing myself to process them. But yes. then the, the last piece that I didn't even get to the last step, which was so important is then soul, which I think of as like your connection to God. Um, mm. And you've got to find the way that God speaks to you. And the only way you do that, which that song more room, like I'm so excited or make room is because um you, you have to find a, a place of silence for a little mm, bit where yes. you give him space. Yes. Um, and for me, it's during Cora's nap time. You know, you can make that room, but the surrender piece is so important before you can do any of it because you need to clear everything out and empty it and say, okay, now, God, you can put in what's important. Yeah. And then I don't have to find like, okay, well, I have this little task or this show or this whatever. <laughs> make room. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to do any of that if I am empty and he's putting it in. So for right. me, my soul needs some quiet for him to speak to me. And that's when I am usually on the back deck or out in nature. Mm. And he definitely speaks to me through his creation. I mean, that's even biblical is like the cre creation is there to also like express his glory and his bigness, but mm. everybody has their own thing where they can feel if they leave the space, like God's whisper. And for me, it is very much nature. And it, it sounds silly in the moment if you tell anybody else, but there have been times where it's through animals or it's through trees or whatever, or it's yeah. breeze. But I can tell like God is saying, I'm here. And I think he finds ways to whisper to you if you just like create some space. Yeah. And for me, that's like the, that gut, I, I am connected to my creator right now. And I am, 
feeling that oneness and fulfillment that we were created to feel. Yes. And I'm so feeling it right like now. <laughs> the, the soul part and very much have to care for my soul. Yes. So make space for God, make room. And, and I think that's so cool too, because if you think about it, like God wants all of us, he doesn't want just a piece of us. You know, he, he loves us that much that he wants all of us. And, uh, and we can't put God in a box in our minds, but we have to make room for him. Well, and it's for our benefit too. I mean, we keep hearing like he wants all of us, but it's not just for his sake. It's for us. Like, that's why I can maintain not, not going back to the way things were before and staying so busy and all that stuff, because it's better over here on the other side where it's, it's just what he, he wants, you know, it's Mm. just all him and so that's why it's maintainable instead of just trying to dabble in it if that makes any sense absolutely yeah for sure once again thank you so much for uh joining us uh we're just taking a pause in the middle of this awesome conversation that i have with stephanie um and i just wanted to uh just take a second and I uh, just apologize for not getting out podcasts uh, as of late. Um, just a lot going on with the Made for More series that's coming up. So during that season, uh, we are not going to have uh, episodes uh, just because there's a lot that goes into that. Stories, worship, you name it. Um, but man, we hope that this podcast has been helpful to your walk with Jesus. And it really challenges you to go and be the church and helps you do that. Um, so... I would love for you to share this podcast with your friends. Um, Go and write a review. Uh, We would love to hear uh, what you have to say in that comment on that review. And and we might even share it on the podcast. So uh, thanks again uh, for listening today. Just continuing on with this conversation. You know, I think so often we say go and be at the end of every movement celebration and you know, sometimes we just don't realize uh, there are people in our community uh, that are crippled by going anywhere. Uh, and that's because of anxiety. And I'm sure that when they hear the go and go and be, uh, you know, they kind of stop in their tracks, like with fear. And so my question for you, Steph, is... Um, you know, now that you've gone through all this and and you have experienced anxiety at the height that you have, what is the significance of the go piece in the phrase go and be the church? I'm going to jump the gun by accident. If I'm not thinking here on the, how do you go if you're anxious, but right. I think it, I've been having a hard time expressing this because it can look so different, but it's a piece of the surrender and the obeying and trusting that God's going to come through. It's still important to take some steps to go Mm. Um, because he's got something better on the other side. He's got a plan and it's personalized to you. You know, it doesn't have to look like everybody else. Right. Absolutely. It is definitely personalized, you know, to you like God, God challenges all of us to go, but um, he's going to come alongside you, right? So I love um, in Matthew 28, one of my favorite scriptures where Jesus sends out, you know, the disciples 
to all nations to baptize people and bring them to know him and make disciples. But, you know, my favorite part about that verse is the ending where he says, but surely I am with you even to the end of the age. That's my favorite part because he doesn't just say, go do all this stuff and see you later. He says, I'm with you the whole way. And so I think that very, very importantly, when we get in that moment when, you know, the social anxieties and the thoughts and the what ifs come up when, when we're thinking about going and being the church or, or responding to God in one way or the other, I think that we have to acknowledge God's presence in that moment and say, man, he's here with me. And if he's calling me to something, he's already been there and he's already before me. And I think that's super important to, to recognize, you know, when approaching that. So, well, and I think a big piece of feeling at rest and at peace is living out who you were created to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, being on mission with God means that you are more connected to him. And of course you're going to feel his presence. Like we were created for a mission from the very, very beginning. Mm. And so I think you experience some peace and some rest when you are on the right track. Yeah. And healing happens when you're doing that. Right. And along with like God's called you specifically for a mission and a calling, like the thing with that is God's not going to be like in most times than not, like God's not going to be like, here, go over to Billy's house over in, you know, North Dakota and do no, God's going to call you somewhere where you're already at, you know, look around, um, where you work, where you hang out, maybe you have some friends and those people that you're surrounded by, those are usually the people that God's calling you to be the church in, to go and be the church in and make, make opportunities for you to connect with those people and just share the gospel, share who Jesus is through who you are. So man, so good. This conversation has been so awesome. Here's a question for you, Steph. If, if I'm, Somebody who, you know, I don't know if I struggle with anxiety or not, but I do know people who do uh, struggle with anxiety. What can I say or do to help them or encourage them? Yeah. Okay. So I thought about this a lot because it's, it's such a mess up here when you're yeah. <laughs> spiraling with anxiety. Um, and so some of the things I thought of is first tell them it's okay that they experience anxiety. Like it's 100% okay. You accept them and let them know, like there's nothing wrong with them. They're not broken. Mm. Um, that was a really, really huge deal is not feeling this shame that for some reason we always feel like I can't handle life, even though other people can't mm. or can handle their lives. That's not what it is. Um, so let them know it's okay yeah. and it's real and you accept them that way. Um, and Eric mentioned it in one of his teachings, and it's something that I've definitely learned for myself, helping them even to um, look at it through a fresh lens. And anxiety is just, it really is. It's just warning signs that, hey, you need to care for yourself and you need to figure out what kind of care you need. But it's just warning signs that say, hey, there's, there's something that needs to be reordered or taken care of. Um, so it's, it's not a brokenness. Um, mm. it's, it's just those signs that, Hey, you might want to tweak some things so that you are healthy. Mm. Um, so anyway, definitely just accepting them and telling them they're okay. And there's nothing broken. Yeah. And then I, 
I would say it depends on each person, but encourage them to reach out for help, whether that is therapy or if it's not, you know, so unbearable and they don't need therapy to reach out to someone who has experience because this is a, a long journey and an extended journey and having someone who's walked properly through it is really, really helpful because anybody who's experienced true anxiety knows there's like a whole separate community that once you experience it, you're like, oh, I had no idea this was what it was like. So anyway, just encouraging them to get help. Um, And then I would say the other thing is to just offer to be with them. Mm. There is nothing worse than experiencing this and feeling alone because that's a big piece of the anxiety and panic too, is I'm trying to troubleshoot this by myself and knowing I had some people in my corner that were like, we're going to figure this out and I'm going to be here the whole time. Um, is great. And sometimes being with them just means you go for walks with them because mm. that includes creation mm. that includes silencing yourself. Usually includes caring for physical needs, like just something to do that's productive. And so, or just being silent with them, but, Knowing I had somebody I didn't have to entertain or make excuses and they would just be there was really helpful. So um, that's some of the things I thought about. That is so good. And I'm sure that, you know, many of us can apply that, you know, to our lives, you know, whoever is in our lives. Um, So once again, it has been so amazing watching you grow, Stephanie. I remember, you know, getting a call from you when you were taking a step away from the worship team for a season when you were first dealing with this or, or maybe not first, but you were just dealing with this in the, in the mud of it. And, um, I just remember just feeling this compassion and feeling this just urge to constantly be praying for you. And I think that a huge piece of that as well is praying for those that God's put on your heart. And, uh, and man, I am just so thankful that God has just grown you tremendously through this. I, you know, your worship and your heart, like when I watch you, um, whether that's online or in person, one thing that I know is like you're doing your best to just surrender while you're singing and you're leading us. Like that is leading worship when you're vulnerable with God and others see that and they can be vulnerable too. And it's just amazing to see Stephanie and, uh, yeah. And I'm just so grateful for what God is doing and I, and I worship him for that. Um, and so, you know, to, to end our conversation, I really wanted to talk a little bit about made for more, um, because we're about to go into this series in like two weeks and, um, made for more is the generosity initiative that we went through last year. Uh, there's a two year generosity initiative and, um, man, God, God called our church to take some massive steps, um, sacrificially in surrender in generosity. Um, and, and it was amazing and it's been amazing for my life as well. And, Stephanie, you, you were, you've been with movement since like day one, like you were on the launch team and you were a part of things for a long time. And you were a part of that made for more journey and considering what you've been through in this last year, my question is how do you think God is preparing you for the more he has for you? (laughs) Oh, I remember having, 
all of us having to kind of line up one by one and say like, Hey, what's life look like since you that first time, I think, you know, it was started as made for more journey and it was right as I was having panic attacks. And so wow. I just remember thinking like, Oh, he's stirring something up. Um, but man, I think preparing me for the more he has for me, I think it really is helping me get to the other side of fully surrendering. Um, because I'm not that useful to him if I don't know how to surrender and let him take the lead. Wow. Um, it's amazing with my weakest, weakest times, how many people God has brought for me to walk with too. And people that will help me, but people that I could help in the midst of my absolute, like bottomed out weakest times. Um, and I think it's only because I surrendered. And so I think he can use me as long as I'm fully surrendered. And it taught me a lot because I've spent a lot of time trying to be strong so that I can set an example for people and lead people. And what a joke. Mm. And it's funny how many people have told me now, like, man, I just really respect your strength in all of this. And I'm like, no, no, that's the beauty here. It's like, I am a melted puddle. Like I'm nothing but the strength comes through because God actually is allowed to use his yeah. anyway. So I just think all of this has been so very much about really, really learning how to surrender. And you don't know until you experience success that it is possible. And so that's been really big for me is to not just know in theory that surrendering is better, but to, to experience like, yeah, okay. Like he can do so much with me if I just surrender Mm. And I don't mean to plug another podcast, but it's been really helpful to listen to this podcast called The Next Right Thing. Mm. Um, and it's been so good for me because people with anxiety think too far in the future. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's prepared me to be able to just do the just the next right thing. Think no further than that. Just, okay, God, just in this moment, this next decision I'm going to make, like coffee or no coffee, whatever, whatever my next decision is, just help me make sure it's the right one. And that has helped simplify the obedience process for me wow. too. Like just when to say yes. So anyway. The next right thing. Go check that out. You know, we are all about equipping people uh, to go and be the church. And um, yeah. wow. So, so good. I know that, you know, your stories helped me grow, Stephanie, and I know it's helped many, many, many others grow as well. And hopefully um, this podcast will help as well. Um, so, man, we we created this podcast to help people go and be the church uh, because we believe even now more than ever uh, that God has created the church, not just for a building, but for much, much more and uh, to, to make disciples and be the church. So, uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a blessing. It's always a blessing. Um, movement, thank you for listening and go and be the church.